0: Talk Back Matters from the Salvos. Let the
1: good times roll. Let the good times roll. Don't care if you're young or old. Get together, let the good times roll. Yes, wouldn't it be good if it was all good times? But we are all human and we all do things that at some time or another might hurt somebody else. Last week, Bruce Morrison, Senior Pastor of St John's Anglican Parramatta, Mm. shared some very deep insights into the topic when we are wronged. And we touched on the trivial wrongs, or the seeming trivial wrongs, versus the bigger misdemeanours. Let's pick up at this point.
0: Uh, because life is full of those unfortunate situations where people do the wrong thing by you. They say something which is thoughtless or they say something which is hurtful, and they don't necessarily intend it. And it's not always necessary to be picking up every you know, detail with people. It makes our relationships very fraught, I think, if we do that and very tense. We have to be able to roll with the punches a little bit. And I think I think a robust um, personality and a robust part of what it means to be a robust person is is to be able to roll with, with some of the things that just happen day to day. But then there's the times that we're hurt and there's no remorse and it's hard to forgive. In the Bible, forgiveness for your brother or your sister is a command. It's not an option. And therefore it's something we have to take really seriously, the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Probably the place where it's painted most clearly for us and starkly for us is in the parable of the unmerciful servant, which is in Matthew 18. And in that parable, Jesus is really clear. Um, unless you forgive your brother or your sister, their sins, um, then your father in heaven will not forgive you your sins. Sounds tough. It is, it is tough and it's rigorous. And, uh, uh, and, and yet I think it's sometimes misunderstood because in the parable, the condition is, it's set up so that um, when someone comes to you and says, please forgive me, I will pay you back. Please forgive me, I, I want to set this right. That is the, the condition, that is the point at which forgiveness becomes compulsory, not an optional extra. Now we talk a lot about unconditional forgiveness um, and unconditional forgiveness is a beautiful thing but um, I think it can be a, a dangerous idea as well. So supposing you take the um, you know the child that's been abused by um, an in-law or by someone in the family and that that abuse has affected them very very deeply as they grow up and what affects them most deeply is not only the abuse but um, the lack of any, uh, responsibility, taking of any responsibility for it on the part of the person who perpetrated the abuse, and you go to that person and just say well you've just got to forgive unconditionally. I, I'm i inclined to think that you're putting a burden on them which which uh, is harmful and hurtful for them and just becomes um, a, a further burden on top of what they already have to bear. What So they're supposed to just forgive and forget um, unconditionally um, all the hurt and the pain where there's been no remorse on the part of the other person, um, and uh, if they don't, and if they're incapable of doing that, then they're not going to be forgiven by God? Now, that's harsh. That, that really is harsh. Um, but I don't think that's what we're being told. I would want to make a distinction between a situation where someone shows uh, repentance and remorse and they, turn up, they acknowledge their responsibility Um, and the situation where they refuse to do that. So in the case where there's no acknowledgement or remorse and wanting to change
1: and no reconciliation of the relationship?
0: I think the answer is that in that particular situation, forgiveness means um, not reconciliation, but it means um, leaving the uh, revenge to God. It means uh, knowing that God is a faithful and a just God that he is righteous and that he will um, judge rightly. And uh, in the Old Testament it says, uh, God God declares, um, it is mine to avenge, I will repay. And um, so a person who has been hurt can actually take comfort from um, the knowledge that God will do this. And they don't necessarily have to burden themselves with um, a reconciliation, which psychologically, is going to be very, very difficult for them. How can we explain what God means by revenge? Yeah, uh, I, I guess revenge is a loaded word for us, isn't it? Um, it? It's got a whole lot of negative connotations. So how do you how do you explain it? Well, in in, in the scriptures, in the Bible, what it what it means is really that um, that idea of bringing about justice. So it's not a personal revenge. It's not a God. The God of the Bible is not a, a God who is out to um, get revenge and get even, but he, he is a God who uh, will and must, according to his character, um, judge rightly. And that's, that, that, in the end, is evil for evil and good for good. Um, that's the basis of judgment. Um, it's punitive, where there is evil, there has to be punishment for evil. Where there is good, there has to be reward for good. That is the nature of justice. And that is the nature of our God. That is, that is the God of the Bible. So that's, that's the meaning of it. it. makes us take God a bit more seriously, doesn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely, yes. Uh, when you're dealing with, with God, you're dealing with someone who's very seriously intent on justice, yes.
1: In closing, if we look at
0: when someone in
1: a trusted position violates someone or some trust in some way, and the question, if they are remorseful, uh, if they show a desire to change,
0: is it okay for them to be reinstated? Yeah, thanks, Chris. It, it's, I think it's a really important question. This one. It's interesting, isn't it? Forgiveness is a is very nuanced, um, and and the failure to recognise that nuance is is going to be detrimental to us. So we've we've just talked about the nuance that that that. that Difference between where there is repentance and remorse, where someone acknowledges doing the wrong thing and turns away from sin, or on the other hand, the refusal to do that and the consequences of those two different situations. Well, this is another one um, where um, you need to make a distinction between the need to forgive, particularly where there is repentance, the need to forgive where there is acknowledgement of wrongdoing, and the difference between the need to forgive and uh, the necessity of reinstating... The past relationship, as it always was, there are two very different questions. Um, I, I guess I this came clearly to light for me once when I was counselling someone who who was engaged to be married to a, a young lady, and the, the particular young lady in question went off to uh, during the time that they were engaged, she she went off and she actually lived with another man, um, which uh, left her fiance absolutely distraught. Um, and for a week he didn't even know where she was. Um, so when when she came back and and she told him what, what she'd been doing, um, he was faced with the question, what should I now do about this? And uh, should I forgive her? And does that mean that we have to continue in the engagement? And should I continue in the engagement? And so as we discussed that, we were able to discuss the difference between saying, look, I forgive you, It's all forgiven. It's all ended uh, in the sense of a reconciliation of relationship. But is that the same thing as saying, I will marry you, I will still marry you? Uh, My counsel was, no, it's not. That something has happened here which has changed the nature of the relationship. It's changed the level of trust that could exist between uh, these two people. And that to feel compelled... Uh, that because there is forgiveness you have to then continue in exactly the same relationship as you had previously is an unhelpful way of thinking there.
1: I remember in the mid-'80s the American televangelist who was unfaithful to his wife and and he confessed on television and the repercussion that it caused around the world, especially with non-Christians pointing and saying that Christians are just hypocrites. And I know that my flatmate at the time was sort of looking at it in a similar light and possibly can use that to justify why they don't follow God.
0: Yes, it is hugely sad when Christians themselves become a stumbling block for people actually finding God. Uh, it's exactly contrary to what Jesus wanted. Jesus' command was, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. The reality is we fall terribly, terribly short of that. Um, and the consequences are that we cause people to stumble, we cause people not to find God, and I believe God will hold us accountable for that. But we are forgiven, right? Yeah, there, there used to be a bumper sticker that you'd see from time to time, and you may know what I'm going to refer to here, Christians aren't perfect, they're forgiven. It's true, um, it's a terrible thing if that becomes an excuse for, for poor behaviour. Um, but on the other hand, uh, that it's fundamental reality, yes. It, what what you're drawing attention to also is really important. That is, people need to look to the Bible. They need to look to God's own testimony about himself, um, which is written for us, and not just the testimony of Christians who uh, do fall short from time to time. I
1: believe that you...